conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geek Them Is Back. Today I'm joined by a brand new guest, Becky Rice, and we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, the most recent movie, and maybe a little bit about Sonic in general. But Becky, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, my car died today, so that was not good. It was not a good time, but... I get to talk about Sonic, which is a thing that I really like doing probably more than people want me to. So (laughs) I'm excited. And thank you for giving me a space to do that. Of course. And before we dive into the movie, I know you wanted to talk about just our experiences with Sonic in general. And for me, I know that I had a Sonic video game at some point. I definitely did not have a Sega. I think we had someone in our neighborhood who did, and I definitely played Sonic there. But I don't know if I ever had like a Sonic Game Boy game or PlayStation game. I have no idea. It's been so long since I have had video games. I like just recently bought myself a Switch last year so that I could have video games again. But before that, I didn't have a console since like the PlayStation 2. What? Yeah. That's wild to me because you like... Because I'm such a nerd. Nerd out on stuff. Yeah. And it was like, what do you mean you don't play video games? Okay, well, now that you have a Switch, I guess maybe we can get that fixed. Yeah, my first touch point with Sonic was Sonic the Hedgehog 3, uh, which came out in 1994, and that was on the Sega Genesis. I might have played, like, the first two games prior to that, but that one's the one that, like, I really remember, like, to be fair, I was also four, so <laughs> so if I did play a game before that one, I would be incredibly surprised if I remembered that. But that one's the one that I remember playing first um, and really starting my really loving Sonic. I remember going back and playing the first one, though, and just not being sure where some of the characters were because uh, like in the first one there's no there's no tails there's no knuckles it's just sonic in the first game um it's not until the second game that we actually see tails be introduced um i believe sonic 3 uh is the game where knuckles is introduced as a character yeah it's kind of weird going back and already having known these characters and you're like wait a second where where are my friends? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to them? But yeah, like that story that was like Knuckles um, and he's like the guardian and like he's like laying these traps for, you know, Sonic and Tails because Sonic and Tails are attempting to retrieve the Chaos Emeralds. I don't know that I need to tell everybody the entire plot line of that game because um, it's something that you can revisit in other games. Um, like Sonic Adventure 2, for example, which is probably my favorite Sonic game. Yeah, I have no recollection or knowledge of what games I played, what consoles I played them on, but I knew that I knew about Sonic well before this movie. So I think that's the important thing here. And it was just fun revisiting Sonic as a character by watching this movie because we've seen how big superhero movies have become and then you have video game franchises that are equally as big you know i was so into pokemon when i was a kid so of course i went and saw detective pikachu even though i knew the movie wasn't exactly made for me at this point in my life but i was like i'm going to go watch it i think it was made for us (laughs) when i watched it i very much felt like oh this is for like me and people my age but maybe i am 
a fool and that that movie was actually for children. I don't know. I, it was great. It was fantastic. I love cute animated creatures from my childhood coming to life and having adventures, which makes sense why I like Sonic now that I say that (laughs) out loud. (laughs) Yeah. And my thing with Pokemon, how I kind of gauge where the nostalgia factor is, is if I recognize all of the names of the Pokemon in the movie. And I was like, I haven't seen some of these before, so maybe I'm a little too old for it. The only way that I knew some of those, like, Pokemon, I almost said characters, like, they're people. <laughs> I almost did, too. <laughs> they, they have personalities. The only way that I knew some of those Pokemon was from playing Pokemon Go. And if I did not play that game, there's a couple of those Pokemon, like, most of them I knew, but there's a few of them that I would not have known them. But I can definitely understand, like, if you're not playing that game or any of the newer ones, just completely being caught off guard by some of them and saying, okay, maybe this is somebody else's movie. Yeah. So with Sonic, did you get to see it in theaters before everything? I did. So I wish, I wish that what had happened was that someone had taken me on a date for vegan chili dogs and then to go see Sonic the Hedgehog on Valentine's Day, which is when it opened because it's it's a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> that is not what happened. Um, I watched it by myself, kind of actually alone in the theater. Like there were, I saw it in the middle of the day, I want to say, um, and there were maybe like two other groups of people, maybe three other groups of people. I was the only person who was alone. I was the only person that was not either a young child or had a young child (laughs) story of my life (laughs) when I go to animated movies (laughs) of any kind I just I love to see movies in the theater and I don't I am not ashamed that I want to see the movie in the theater I'm not ashamed that I'm not a kid because this movie to me I know that these movies are made for children and it's meant to like introduce a new generation to the Sonic franchise but this is something I love and that I've played a lot throughout my life. You know, I, like I said, my first, my first memory of playing a Sonic game, I was four. Um, so it's kind of this character that's always been around and I was not about to wait for the movie to come out, but yeah, it was the last movie I actually saw in theaters. Cause I saw it February 17th. So a couple of days after it came out and then, yeah, like you said, the entire world just shut down one month later and I went out on a bang though. Like I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I would be so upset if the last movie that I saw in theaters was something that I just really hated and didn't have a good time watching. I didn't just like this movie. I had a great time. Like I kind of like hooped and hollered a little bit. <laughs> like, like I gasped and I yelled like, woo, a couple times, man, I was just really, I was really excited. <laughs> Yeah, it was the second to last movie that I saw in theaters. I had a chance to see The Invisible Man very early in March. And then I swore it was like the day after they were like, no more, no more anything for all of you. But I saw Sonic on February 23rd at 1.15 in the afternoon, because when you work for yourself, you can go to the movies whenever you want. And I too like to go by myself. So I like to go when it's less crowded. And how do you know what time it was? I have the AMC Stubbs app on my phone, and oh. it tells you, like, your past six months, which we're, we're cutting it close here with the past six months. So, yeah, it shows me, like, 
what theater I went to, what day, what time, and then you can view your ticket stub and see what seat you sat in and all that stuff in the app. But it's one of those things where I knew I wasn't going to have anyone to see it with because, well, as you know, and I'm sure as some of the listeners know, I just moved to Colorado last year. I lived in my cousin's basement for six weeks, and then I moved to a different part of Colorado. So I was like, yeah, I don't know anyone over here. So I was like, ah, I'll just go to movies by myself. And then if my parents want to go see something, I'll take them. And that's how it was before COVID hit. And now nobody's going anywhere to see any movies. We're not going anywhere. We're still watching movies. We're just not going to them. Yeah. I want to talk about the cast for this first because it was kind of a funny cast for me because I was like, oh, look, there's Cyclops. (laughs) Yeah, there were a couple things um, that I was surprised by. James Marsden, for example, I was like, oh, okay, like he Mm -hmm. he looks like the kind of guy that would think that becoming a police officer is a noble thing to do. (laughs) I don't know that he's right, but you know, that like small town, wholesome, like I'm going to save people. Like he looks like that guy. He's funny. I don't know that I knew that he was funny until I watched this movie. And I really think that he was like that first, the first scene between him and Jim Carrey, when not to delve too much, like into like the plot of the film, because I know we're going to kind of run through it, but like, when their first interaction happens and like Eggman comes to like the house, that scene is funny. Like he's, he obviously like that's Jim Carrey's scene. Every yes. scene that Jim Carrey is in <laughs> is, is his scene. He's so fantastic in this movie. Uh, he's such a good character actor, but like James Arsett, like really held his own. And I was very surprised to see that. Cause I don't know what movies I think of him in, other than X-Men, like, I mean, I know other movies that he's in, but obviously like X-Men is the first thing that comes to my mind, which there are people who like them and that is good for them. I haven't seen them in a minute. It's been a while. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to revisit them. It's hard to want to revisit them for me, mostly because of Brian Singer. And I was just like, you know, I do want to talk about them on the podcast, but I don't really want to have to talk about him again because I already had to do that with my Stephen King podcast when I watched Apt Pupil and I was like, okay, big disclaimer here, you know? Yeah. It feels like sometimes it's hard to revisit movies because they're very of the time too. And I think that happens a lot with superhero movies. Like I went back and I watched, what did I watch? The Incredible Hulk. And I was like, oh, Oh, boy. Is that the... The Ed Norton one? Okay. I don't know why I can't remember which one is called The Hulk and which one's called Incredible Hulk, but I can't. Um, I barely No, yeah, right. I think that that movie's very dated. Yeah, and Ben Schwartz is someone who I'm not super familiar with, so I'm going to <gasps> let you run with this. I've never seen Parks and Rec, for the record. <laughs> I don't have words for you. Why? I don't watch a ton of comedies. I don't know why. I just... I've never watched a ton of comedies. It's on my list. Don't worry. We have a solid chunk of mutual friends <laughs> that I feel like would be upset to hear you say that, um, but who will also tell you that I don't really consume a lot of things that are con- like I don't watch. I don't watch TV shows very often. I don't watch a ton of films that are comedies. It's just 
my friends are funny. I don't need funny movies. Yeah, I've just never really gotten into a ton of comedies. I think at one point I watched New Girl, and that was like the only comedy I watched. And I don't really know why I picked that one of all comedies, but I just don't know what it is. Even though I would much rather watch a 30-minute show than probably half of the superhero shows I'm still watching on the CW at this point, <laughs> I just, I have to finish them because that's how my brain works. You should watch Parks and Rec! Like, I think there's a couple of, there's a couple of jokes in it that I don't know that those jokes would be written or delivered today. Just speaking of things being like a relic of their time. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's, it's still really funny. It's one of those shows that if I'm working, sometimes I need noise in the background and sometimes I need silence. And I've been doing a roller coaster of which one I need <laughs> since I've been working from home. <laughs> Cause I don't work in a noisy office normally, but there's like background noise. So sometimes I'll put a show on and Parks and Rec tends to be one of those that I just throw on because I'm so familiar with it. But then there are occasionally times where I'll catch myself like stopping working and turning around. It's like watching my TV for a couple of minutes. Um, Because I'm like, oh, I I really like this part. See, I can't listen to anything while I work because I'm editing podcasts. So It's like when I'm working, I'm working and that's it. I can't do anything else. Like the dog will come in here and scare the crap out of me because I'm so focused on the screen. And I'm just like, when did you get here? But I think, you know, I've probably heard some of his voice work and just never realized it because sometimes I'm bad at paying attention to credits. Do you watch DuckTales? No. Do you watch the new Ninja Turtles show? Maybe I haven't. (laughs) I I think (laughs) Becky just fired me from my own podcast, everyone. So I'm just going to let her run with it. It is. Go for it. (laughs) How do you feel about Ben? I feel so many things. And I'm not sure how many of them I want to talk about to a bunch of strangers that I don't know. But like, I love him. I love him. I love him. He's so funny. Like, I, I can't do sentences right now. I legitimately think that, like, he's so funny. He's also a very handsome Jewish man. And if he somehow found himself in Salt Lake City, which is where I live, on a Friday evening, he could definitely come over for Shabbat dinner. I would not stop that from happening. <sighs> I love him. I love him. I don't use that word a lot, especially for strangers. Especially for men. I don't use that word. I don't use that word when I'm talking about men very often, but I love him. I think that Sonic it's it's interesting because like to me, like it sounds very much like Sonic, but it also sounds very much like Ben Schwartz. That's mm-hmm. like a good medium. And there's a couple of things that like he he does that kind of like overlap with like other characters. So I guess we can talk about those like as we're talking about like the film. Mm-hmm. But yeah. My mind is so blown. Like when you said that, like you haven't like seen anything that like he's like, you haven't seen Parks and Rec. You didn't, you didn't watch Space Force. No, I've heard that's a thing I need to watch. It just hasn't happened yet. My list of things to watch is very, very long in case that is not obvious to everyone by now. But I promise just for you, Becky, I will go watch something that he has been in other than this. Why don't I just make you a YouTube playlist perfect of my favorite moments of him in things like maybe I could do that I'll send you some from some stuff from DuckTales like he's he's the voice of Dewey in in the DuckTales animated series 
Uh, obviously not the one from our childhood, <laughs> the newer one. Which is probably the one I was more likely to have seen. <laughs> yeah, which I love. Um, but I also love like the newer one. I think it's been on since like 2017. Um, but he's Dewey. Dewey also a blue character. I don't know what it is, but like there's something, <laughs> there's something happening here. Like, there's a pattern. There is, there's a pattern. Um, he's also Leonardo um, in the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, which has been on since 2018 i want to say um also a blue character i just he likes blue blue's a good color he's a good man we love him (laughs) and you will too deanna (laughs) i will i promise yeah like i my mind is so blown that (laughs) that you're just completely unfamiliar i'll i'll pull you like podcast episodes too um of like him on comedy bang bang and i'll send those your way i'll hook you up i'll be like okay listen like you're gonna understand now Got it. Well, to quickly run down a few more of the cast members who nobody else really plays like a huge role, but you have Tika Sumter as Maddie, Natasha Rothwell as Rachel, Adam Pally as Wade, and then Neil McDonough shows up as a major and he's in it for like two minutes. And I was like, this is really strange that, you know, they just got this guy who is super recognizable from so many different things for like a two minute scene. And Then you have Agent Stone, who I will totally butcher his name, though, so I'm not even going to bother. But the guy who plays Agent Stone is really good. He's so good. Like, I, him being that, like, foil, essentially, to, like, Jim Carrey. So, like, every time Jim Carrey's doing this, like, very, like, big and, like, just wacky thing, he's very, very strict, very stern, very stone-faced, very serious. The man deserves like an Oscar. I think this movie deserves lots of Oscars, but like that man deserves an Oscar for being able to like keep a straight face, like working that closely with Jim Carrey being that funny. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. I want to know how many takes all of those shots took, because I feel like it has to be at least more than one or five. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. There's like a blooper reel if you if you own this movie like I do. And I remember watching it and being like, there's no way that this is like this has to be so much longer. Like I'm sure there's just like hours <laughs> um of things that are legitimately funny. I would have lost it. I would have just broken out maybe not even in laughter, like like tears. Like I would try to hold my laughter and it would just come up through my eyeballs. Yeah. Kudos. Kudos to him. Yeah. Well, I think we can sort of just run through the movie now because I really need to know your thoughts on Little Baby Sonic. So cute. So cute. Like, legitimately, like, so cute. But, like, the movie actually starts before that, though. Like, before we even see Baby Sonic, the first things that we really see um, is, like, when the Paramount logo is coming up and it's, like, the rings instead of the stars. And that was when I knew that this movie was for me. (laughs) with the paramount logo that that's some very specific branding just for you there it was but like the the rings come in instead of the stars and i was like this but i was like pumping my fist in the air and i was like this is great i am so excited this is gonna be so good um and then it starts right in the middle of the action rather than like with the backstory and it's i think it's to like help us get our feet wet like the for kids who aren't quite as familiar with sonic to kind of let them know like hey like he's fast he's funny he's gotta go fast i mean he doesn't say that yet but (laughs) to let them know like this is what this is this is who this character is but then also for us who are already familiar with sonic we're like okay like that's that's the sonic i know like 
He's running from Robotnik. He's making jokes as he does it. He's talking directly to us. Like he's very aware that we are there. Mm-hmm. I like that that happens. Um, it just, I don't know. It, it's like a warm blanket type of feeling. Like, okay, like I know this, I'm cozy, I'm comfortable. Like I can do this. It's got humor, it's got speed, it's got action. Like we know what it is. And then there's also like a uh, Ace Ventura reference there. Yeah, uh, when he's like, let's see that in instant replay, you know? And then it cuts to like the backstory, right? Because it's like, yeah. how how did I get here type of thing? And then that's when we see actually like the Green Hill Zone, uh, which is like a known level from Sonic. Um, and he's like zooming, he's doing his little <laughs> loops. Um, and it's just very iconic, especially as somebody who like grew up like playing those games. I'm like, oh, I know this place. I know where we are. I know what's happening. And then, yeah, we see him as like, just a wee little hedgehog baby. Um, (laughs) And we see, you know, we see the echidnas, which is kind of like a little, little Easter egg kind of moment. I mean, it's not super hidden. It's pretty obvious. Um, Knuckles isn't going to be in this, in this movie, but like, here's, here's a group of people that like, you know, Mm -hmm. right. Um, Cause we later learned in like Knuckles origin story that like, you know, he's an echidna, like this is his tribe. And now he's the sole, like, responsible person for like protecting the chaos emeralds and when i saw that i knew i knew that knuckles was not going to be in this film but it was nice to see like oh okay like we know these guys like we know who this is and then we get to meet like long claw who's like sonic's protector and then we learn a little bit more about the rings right which in the games there's not really a lot of x there's not a ton of explanation about like what the rings are and what they do in some of the later games it's no, I think even in the earlier games, right? Like when you're jump, when you're moving from like, when you finish a level and you're going to the next one, the last thing is like a giant ring. And sometimes and like there's like a scene in it. So you kind of have this idea of like, okay, collecting this last ring, like moves me to the next location, but it's really secured in this film that like, Hey, like these are portals. And, and so that was kind of neat to get to see like, Oh, these do more than just, make a fun noise when he drops them (laughs) um that there's like that purpose there and that scene like the last scene before he's like sent and like comes to earth with long claw i was so sad i I was like oh no because anytime a young character loses their parent or guardian or protector type character i just it gets me it gets me in the feelings, especially <laughs> if it's a children's movie. I don't know why. Like, I just get so sad. <laughs> yeah. And I think this movie in particular evokes that emotion enough. And it also doesn't waste a ton of time on the backstory. It gets it out of the way fast enough to where you're like, okay, we know go fast. what. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We know what the reason is for Sonic being here. And then you jump ahead in time. And sometimes time jumps work and sometimes they don't but i think in this instance it works well because you're like okay we know why he's on earth now let's just jump to the present day and because they drop you in at the beginning of the movie into a scene that happens towards like the third act basically you get this sense of urgency right from the start too so you don't want to wait too terribly long to get there and the fact that this movie is only an hour and 40 minutes too i think helps because it's not two hours plus like so many movies are these days and i think it helps a lot with the pacing it does bring back the 90 minute movie yeah 
please. I'm so tired of sitting in the theater for like three hours. Well, right now I'm not tired of sitting in the theater. I wish I was sitting in the theater. Correct. There's just too many three hour long movies that could be half as long as they are. Or like, give me a bathroom break for five minutes, please. (laughs) Yeah. Bring back intermissions. If you're not going to go back to like 90 minute movies, like bring back intermissions, like Gone with the Wind or... I can't think of another one. Cleopatra. There we go. I knew I had another one. (laughs) Did Titanic have an intermission? Because that's a long movie too. I don't know if I want to tell you whether or not I've seen that movie. (laughs) I've now been fired twice during this podcast. We're on a roll here. All right. I am taking over this podcast. (laughs) This is Becky's podcast. Ignore Deanna's plug for AMC earlier. This podcast is sponsored by the Olive Garden. Eat those breadsticks. (laughs) I don't understand the product placement that's happening like throughout this entire movie. He's like, there's the big like Zillow thing. Yeah. Zillow's really prominent in this movie. There's like a recurring bit with the Olive Garden. The gift card is so good. We'll get to it though. We'll get to it. (laughs) Well, and like other product placement things like in the scene in the bar, he like specifically orders Sonic like a mellow yellow. And I'm like, that's a very specific drink choice. I feel like lots of product placements that are happening here. It happens. It did seem like there were a lot more than usual in movies. And I was like, huh, okay, that's interesting. And I think they were just trying to be playful enough with it. And at the same time, you're like, Mm -hmm. but will children know what Zillow is? You and I do. Children don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if they like subconsciously implant itself um, into the brains of parents. Who are watching this with their children? Yeah, a lot of product placement, though. My favorite, though, was the Flash comics. I was like, this is perfect. Yes. I want to talk about, like, the cave. Yes. cave. That's where I was going next. We're on the same page here. Yeah. So, actually, before we get to that, the turtle gag, where he's, like, where he's, like, holding... (laughs) I can't even talk about this without laughing. I'm a terrible guest. When he's holding the turtle and he's like, I'm going to, like, you're going to go fast now. Like, it's so funny because, like, it shows, right? Like, Sonic, he's he's not very old. Like, he's still youthful. Mm -hmm. I've always read Sonic as, like, a 12-year-old boy, and I'm sure (laughs) I pulled that from somewhere. Um, According to the Sega Wiki, he's 14, Close enough. So, like, somewhere in that, like, age, right? Like, 12 to 14. Like, he's playful. He's fun. He wants to have a good time. But he's also good, right? Like, he's a good hedgehog boy. <laughs> he he has a good heart. And, like, that's – it's just so funny. It's just the, the thought of, like, any – I think that's a recurring bit, like, that I love is when I see turtles going fast. Turtles with, like, goggles on, turtles, like, in a race car. I don't, that, that's a thing that just, like, this movie was made for me and for no one else um, <laughs> because it does everything that I want it to do. But, yeah, so from that scene, it cuts, right, and we go to the cave where Sonic has been living, and he has all of these things. Um, and speaking of Sonic being good, right? Like he doesn't have brand new stuff. Mm-mm. He has things that are a little bit older, things that he would have like found and collected because he's taking people's things that they've left behind. He's not stealing people's brand new stuff. And 
And I think that's important that that's in there. Uh, Cause even though it's subtle, right? Like it would be very obvious if Sonic had all these like brand new yeah. type things. Um, and that's just not as wholesome. And you even see his holy shoes too. And you're like, okay, yes, we know he runs fast, but that means he's not going out and like getting shoes out of someone's trash can every week. Yeah. Like he's, he's making do with what he's got. And a good hedgehog <laughs> in that cave scene though there's like all these little like hidden gems and like things to see um one that you mentioned was like the flash comics um i really like that and not only is he reading it but he's like speed reading it yeah. it's, like brrr, like flipping through it which i thought was really funny the ping pong table that they're playing on um has like the hilltop road sign which is a level in sonic um originally from i want to say the second sonic game when he's like practicing with like the nunchucks like the bandana that he's wearing has like the original sonic logo on it um and then when he pulls out the map that long claw has given him um one of the planets or you know things if you actually like look at them like the the actual sega saturn logo is one of those okay so that was like a nice little nice little thing um and they're just like hidden all in there and i'm sure that there's even more of them that like I didn't see or didn't notice because the scene kind of moves fast, which of course it does. Like once we, we talked about Sonic himself has to go fast, but also like the pacing of the movie is pretty quick. I should pause in some places next time I'm watching it or like, I'm going to sound not tech savvy, but can I watch a movie in slow motion? Is that a, I have no idea. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only person who doesn't know. I know like, on YouTube, you can watch stuff at a slower speed, but I don't know if you can in, like, streaming apps or, like, iTunes or whatever. Can I, can I slow this Blu-ray down? <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie's too fast. If you have a digital copy, I'm sure there's some way to do that. Pro- probably. I can, I can figure it out. I'm going to Google that later. Let me put that on my to-do list. Um, <laughs> The, the, the next scene after that is when we meet like crazy Carl, who I think is really funny. Um, I love that when he shows up the, the picture of, of Sonic and he's like, Oh, this is what it looks like. It's like the, it's the Sonic meme. Like there's a lot of pop culture internet references, like throughout this entire movie. And so I really liked that. And then also he calls him the blue devil since you're not a video game person, Deanna, did you ever play Sonic Drift 2? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Well, Sonic... Because whenever I played Sega, it was at someone else's house, so I have no idea what the names of the games were. Gotcha. And if you did play it, it might have only been, like, a little bit yeah. here and there. Well, uh, Sonic Drift 2 is a game that kind of... It is what it sounds like, right? It's like a kart racing game uh, featuring characters from the Sonic franchise. Um, and I want to say that that game came out in like 95. Yeah, that sounds right. It's mm, a guess. Or do you have like fact checkers who listen to your podcast <laughs> and like comment and they're like, this girl doesn't know what she's talking Probably about. Probably just our mutual friends. They'll be like, oh, oh boy, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> she's a fool. Kick her out. Um, no, Sonic's car in that game is actually called the Blue Devil. And so I thought that was really neat little easter egg in there that might not that's probably not going to be for every watcher of the film but i did notice it and i really appreciated that i thought that that was really neat and then just the whole thing like with crazy carl cracks me up and then we get that really great scene 
um, that breaks my heart, breaks my heart, but where he's standing outside the house as they're like watching the movie. And it's funny at first. Cause he's like, Oh, Keanu. And he's like, so excited to like watch speed, which is great. Because like, and again, like another thing, like tying in, you know, internet culture, like into this film, like I, this film is definitely, I think made for multiple different audiences like of different age points and i think that that's part of why this movie works so well but that that scene is also really sad because like he just wants a family he just wants friends he just wants to curl up on the couch with some people like on a movie night and instead he's just outside and my heart my heart goes out to sonic in that scene i love his little rivalry with the dog too it's just like yes. this recurring thing throughout the movie. And I was like, this is fantastic because dogs are great, but Sonic is also great. Yeah. I was like, I wish that they could just get along. <laughs> it is really funny though. It's, it's really funny. And then right after that, I guess is like when we actually meet like Jim Carrey finally mm-hmm. and so good. I know I've already talked about like him being really funny. And I know I like joked about like the Oscars thing, but like legitimately like, I would not be mad if Jim Carrey got a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for this film. One, because I think he deserves it. Two, because I normally don't agree with who gets the Oscar (laughs) anyway. So so this would be right up my alley. And then, like, lastly, a lot of the big movies that we were expecting to come out this year are going to get delayed. They're not going to come out until next year uh, at the earliest so who knows what's going to be on the table at that point? Mm-hmm. I I just said what I said without thinking very hard. So if somebody is listening to this and you have a very strong opinion about somebody's performance <laughs> in a supporting role, I just forgot. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that nobody's done a good job in a movie so far this year, but Jim Carrey, very funny. We love it. Also, I can't think of any movie right now other than Sonic the Hedgehog. It's the only movie I've ever seen. I feel like it's the most Jim Carrey he's been allowed to be in a while. In a very long time. Yeah. I'm not always a fan of Jim Carrey's films, but I am always a fan of him in those films. I think he's a fantastic character actor. This would definitely make my like top list. Like, I don't know if you have, like, a ranked Jim Carrey, like, list. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I think, like, The Truman Show, obviously, like, is my favorite performance for him. But, like, this might be number two. And then followed by Liar Liar in third place. I also did not think very much about that thing that I just said. But it feels right in my heart. So I'm going to go with it. Then it might be incorrect. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> totally fine. I think what's great about his character is he doesn't have to look exactly like what we know Dr. Robotnik has looked like in the games and stuff necessarily, because from everything I can remember, Dr. Robotnik was like this big guy and he was... Big guy, little legs. Yeah, big guy, little legs, kind of like egg-shaped or something. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And Jim Carrey was the complete opposite of that, but at the same time, he nailed the personality of the character. So that's what made it work. I know that people like what they were originally upset about was like how bad the original Sonic looked for this movie. I don't think we need to rehash that. Everybody knows it was a big controversy, but I knew that they would fix that. The thing that I was like, not so sure about was Jim Carrey in this role. Like I, 
I've always thought he's a great like character actor, but I was like, this is not Dr. Robotnik. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And then I actually got to see him in this film and he is so good. And just every concern or second guessing that I had just boom, right out the window is gone. He's so funny. And then in the end, like in, in that like cut scene at the end, we do actually get to see him looking a little bit more like the, like the Robotnik that like we know. Mm -hmm. And also I think when you have real people playing things, and this is something that I think that we've learned from superhero movies, sometimes it's a little detracting and takes away from a film. If you're so focused on making that person look exactly like they do in the comic or cartoon or game or whatever the origin source is. And so I think that this is like a really great balance. Yeah. And I think comics are also kind of shifting things because if you like read more recent Avengers comics, they look more like the actors who played them than they did before. And it's one of those things where they're like, hmm, maybe we should make them look like real people <laughs> and instead of these sort of like fictional characters who are looking totally unattainable for most people and while they still are it's still a little more realistic and obviously you can't have sonic be more realistic because he's a blue hedgehog who runs fast but that's fine because he's that kind of character and i think if they had tried to get someone to look exactly how dr robotnik looks in the games it would have just looked so dumb and so much of it would have been like motion capture cgi kind of stuff i like that Sonic's really the only CGI character in this film. It's not a bunch of CGI happening all of the time. I mean, obviously, the rings, or maybe they were real. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know how those props work. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that there are some like some heavy graphics work happening there, but I don't know. maybe it's a movie secret, movie magic. Where I think most of the graphics come into play, though, is the chase, which the chase lasts a very long time in this movie. But because of how they use the rings to change locations, it keeps it entertaining. You don't get bored because it's not like you have Dr. Robotnik in his ginormous semi truck chasing Mm -hmm. Tom's truck the entire time. You have it start as that. And then you have this hilarious moment where his robots just keep coming. It's like a smaller one pops out of the bigger one. And he's like, Sonic's like, it had a baby. Yeah. Like they just keep coming. But like at the same time, like that's very much like how the games feel, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, ah, I did it. And you're like, no, I didn't. There's more. Okay. (laughs) The chasing the highway scene is so, is so good. I want to back up though, because I realized that I skipped, (laughs) I skipped right to when we first meet. Uh, Dr. Robotnik and I completely forgot to talk about the scene where Sonic is at like the baseball field yeah that scene I think is great like it's it's lighthearted and it's funny and then it and then it gets serious and like you really feel for him because it's coming right off of this scene you know where we see him really longing for friendship and family and here he is at this baseball park where he's playing every position and he can do that because he's fast um, and it's fun to see because he's funny um, and we get to see him really interacting with like different props, right? Like he's blowing gum and in, in the outfield and in, in one of them, uh, he's the batter. He's the pitcher. He's like every position. Um, and he hits the home run and he's just like, yeah, I did it. And there's no one there to cheer him on. 
in general, that's sad, but especially when you remember like, this is a 12 year old who has no family. And it just like broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. Scene is so good. So good. Yeah. And that's the catalyst for everything that comes after because the power goes out and then it raises Mm -hmm. red flags. So people are coming and checking it out because sure, power outages happen, but the whole town, there was nothing going on. Yeah, there was nothing going on in that small town, even though it is small. And you're kind of like, okay, this is definitely going to raise some red flags. And then you get that scene at the police station and the other cop is calling Tom and he's like, everyone keeps calling. What's going on? And it's just it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. They just put in these little scenes that add levity to these serious situations. And they do that throughout the entirety of the chase scenes as well. Yeah, there's like that Fast and the Furious reference um, where he's like, I feel like I feel just like Vin Diesel. <laughs> I'm sure he did. They were going pretty fast. They were pretty furious. So what you're saying is we need a Sonic and Fast and the Furious mashup movie ASAP. I mean, they're already are they still making those movies? I stopped watching at like after yes. three is three. Is that Tokyo Drift? Yes, three is Tokyo Drift, and I think that's also when I stopped watching. I might have seen the fourth one, but I'm never really sure because I was like, okay, I remember The Rock being in one of them, and I know he wasn't in any of the first three, and then I watched Hobbs and Shaw when I was bored one day, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll watch this. The Rock's in it. It looks like I'll at least laugh once, so I watched that, and I'm very confused on everything in between. Tokyo Drift and Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) It all blends together. I don't know what I've seen or what I haven't. I would love to fill the blanks in for you, but like I got, I got nothing. Like I barely even remember what happens in, in the ones that I've watched. I only know the difference between Tokyo Drift and the other two because the cars are more colorful and there is a pink one. And it's different leads. You don't have the main characters in Tokyo Drift. I did not remember that. So I feel like I can barely say that I've seen it then because like if you had not pointed that out, I would not have been able to recall that fact. There are people who like those movies and that is good for them. It is not a film franchise for for me. I will stick with Sonic, (laughs) which is a franchise now because the sequel is coming out in 2022. And I hope that there's like a hundred of them. I hope that they... I hope they make as many Sonic movies as they do Fast and the Furious movies. Is this Fast and the Furious for children? <laughs> Probably. Is that what this is? This so. is? I hope so. Because they it. always we have crazy it. people chasing after them for one reason or another. So, you know. They got to go fast. Got to go fast. Same thing. Same concept. Sonic just doesn't have wheels. Yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that would look like i don't also know i also don't know that he needs them that was one no. thing that i always thought was like really weird about like about sonic drift why can't they just I mean, run? I get it right it's the it's the sega version of like mario kart basically right. is what it was meant to be the answer to but like tails has a helicopter tail and sonic can go very fast why do these young boys need cars they're not even old enough to drive come on What are you guys doing? Not even close. Irresponsible. Completely irresponsible. Teaching children that they can drive as children. I say that, but like, how old is Toad? Toad also looks like a child. So maybe Mario Kart is also perpetuating this. Is Toad not young? He looks young. He looks like a child. (laughs) 
I'm also going to Google that. I'm going to add that to my list of things to Google later. I've got work to do. But they also let Sonic drive in this, so it's accurate to the video games. He drives at least twice that I can remember. Both times he probably should not have been driving. Very dangerous timing for him to be driving. Also... How was he reaching the pedals? I don't know. I don't, like, that's not explained. Whatever. That's the only flaw in this entire film is that we don't know how we Sonic reaches the pedals. Just one. Every, everything else about this movie is perfect. <laughs> I love that highway scene. And then they go kind of, like, off. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that the, I'm doing, I'm, I'm hand signaling as if people can see my hands and tell me what it is that I'm trying to think of. The little bomb thing? Yes, thank you. That's what those hand signals meant. Wow, I am really bad at a non-visual medium. And it's like stuck on the hand. There's like a little funny bit. And I think that it's kind of long, but it ends before it gets to be too long. Mm -hmm. Like the, the timing and the pacing and everything in this movie, I think is just like spot on. So good. But like when it actually like blows up and he's just like, he gets that like action hero like scene for just a second i think is really really great there's a lot of things that like sonic says in this movie um i know i mentioned earlier like at the beginning of the film there's like a kind of like a reference like uh ace ventura like right here in that scene like he he goes nailed it which dewey also says uh in ducktales uh so it's kind of interesting to see like two different animated characters both who are blue boys who are voiced by Ben Schwartz say the same thing. Like, I thought that that was fun. I I enjoyed that. And then there's also a scene like before the actual like highway chase starts, uh, you know, like where Sonic, like he tries to run and just like run to San Francisco and he like mm-hmm. runs into uh, the ocean yeah. <laughs> and he comes back and he says, I'm wet. I'm cold. There's a fish on my head, which is really similar to in dumb and dumber. Uh, the line, like, we've got no food, we've got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off, which I think is great. I like I like that there's, like, these two little, like, nods, not, like, complete, like, direct quotes, but, like, little nods to, like, Jim Carrey's older movies in this. I thought that that was really neat. It was, like, a nice little chuckle to have. I think that one I didn't really notice like I laughed at it when I heard it the first time but it was the second time that I watched it that I was like oh wait why does that sound like something like I know that cadence of speaking what is that and then it dawned on me later um, that it was dumb and dumber Um, so I'm really glad that that was in there while they're on the highway the whole reason this is happening right is because like they're going to San Francisco which we did not mention so if you're listening to this (laughs) instead of watching the movie that was probably confusing you're like why are they on the highway because that's where Sonic's rings have gone. Um, it's also conveniently like the the city. What is James Marsden? What's his character's name? Why Tom. can't I think? I'm just going to call him the Donut Lord. It's the city that the Donut Lord <laughs> and the Pretzel Lady are supposed to move to. And Maddie's already there. And so it sets that up, right, for them to be able to like rejoin but without it being like too wacky. Um, and they're at Maddie's sister's house, um, I believe, right? Yes. And we, we get to meet um, JoJo. And that's when we actually see Sonic finally get his shoes, his iconic red shoes, is that it's a gift from this from this like little girl. It's like his first new item that he's ever had. Yeah. I don't know if you thought about that, but it's not just that he's getting rid of these tattered shoes that he's been wearing for so long and finally getting like the shoes that we know and recognize as being part of Sonic. Mm-hmm. But it's also 
someone giving him a gift, which he's never had that type of interaction with humans before. And they're new. Like, it's not like some, you, I mean, they're hers, but they're new, you know, they're not, they're not like, it's like, she just got them yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. And they're his and that's great. And I, I love that. And and, And that's like the final piece of like, okay, like now this is the Sonic that we know, like here on out, like this is, we're done with origin story. Like, which I mean, I guess we've been done with that for a while, right? But like now we're at the Sonic that we know. He looks like the Sonic we know. He's ready to go. We're about to head into almost a battle, not quite battle, right? But like we're getting closer to like getting the rings and we know that there's going to be some type of like chase scene coming up. Um, and I think it's just, a it helps mark like the time mm-hmm. in the film, which is really great. And of course, this is when we finally get to hear Sonic say, and it's before he gets the shoes. So sorry. But like um, when Maddie breaks like the smelling salts under his nose um, and he like sits up and he goes, gotta go fast. And he's like, (laughs) like all in the kitchen, iconic, iconic line. Finally get to hear it. Yeah. And then I really like uh, later, like when we get to see like the the sister like tied up like in the chair (laughs) she's so funny and she's not even in it all that long but every line delivery is just perfect for the character she absolutely takes advantage of like the time on screen that she has right like it's they're all funny i love when when the when the little girl when jojo's like running around and she's like put my fitbit on like because i've definitely felt like that i don't have children but I think that way, like with my dogs, sometimes like if my dog gets hyper and she wants to play, I'm just like, Tim, like where my Apple watch, like get my steps in. So I thought that that was really funny <laughs> in that bit there. Yeah. And this is sort of a break from the chase scenes, which helps because they're still being chased at this moment. It's just taking a while for Dr. Robotnik to catch up. And then you have that moment where they go to the building that the rings are on the roof of and Sonic's in the duffel bag and you have that elevator scene. So before the elevator scene even happens, I love like, so donut Lord, like already has a plan and he goes like straight up to like the desk and he goes, we've got a jumper and I'm a cop and I've got to get access to the roof. So she looks at his badge and she's like, Oh, you came all the way from Montana. And he's like, it's very serious. And she's just like, okay. I laughed so hard. And that's it. Like, I really did. Because <laughs> my reaction would have been the same. I'd have been like, you came here to prevent a suicide. You came to San Francisco from Montana. Like, how did you get here? Yeah. And it's funny, too, because he's like, he's like, you just saved a life. And he says it so just like seriously. He's funny. We didn't know he was funny until this movie. I'm going to feel really bad if, like, he has some, like, very well-known role that he's very funny in. And I'm sitting here saying, like, who knew? (laughs) Clearly not us. (laughs) But I didn't know. Not us. We did not know. They go to, like, the elevator, and Sonic's in the duffel bag, and he's just like, how long do I have to stay in here? And, you know, and, and someone's like, is your child in that duffel bag? And he's like, no, well, he's not my child. And then they're just like, what? Like, and it's just, it's so good. It's so good. She just like slowly zips him back up. And he's like, I don't want to stay in here. Why would anybody want to stay in here? 
Yeah, it was just such a good moment because you need something to happen in that downtime because they can't just be walking around San Francisco or driving around San Francisco trying to find the, get to this building and find the rings. You need to have something entertaining in between. And then you get the rooftop scene where he gets the rings, but then, of course, that's when Dr. Robotnik shows up. And of course, you know, you just get from there on. It's just so action packed until the very end, pretty much. And this is where we start to jump back in where the movie began. So you get that whole scene at the beginning and then you get it replayed again during this whole segment. And it just works so well to have that come full circle. And then you get the final boss level battle back in Montana. Mm-hmm. And it's funny too, because like a lot of the ways that Sonic actually defeats him um, is very similar to like when you're on a bustle, like in Sonic, right? Like it's like this repetitive motion in the same spot, kind of like a double hit. And I, li- I like that. Like, I think that they did a very good job of just like bringing in all of these things from the games, but without making it feel too much, you know, like on the roof top where he gets kind of like close to the edge and he like wobbles uh, which is exactly what happens like in the games when you're on like the edge of something, especially in some like the, I say newer, <laughs> when I say newer Sonic games, I mean like 2000 and later. <laughs> and then also like the, the foot tapping, like when he's waiting, he like, he's like tapping his foot in any time, any of the Sonic games that you can idle when you do it, like he does that, he like taps his toe. Um, and so we see that kind of in that rooftop scene. And then the way that he's actually, beating him where he's like zooming around like bouncing off of like the buildings and bouncing off the ship looks very similarly to uh the sonic pinball game yes uh which was really cool and then like when he's actually like battling him it's like oh this is like what a boss mode in sonic actually looks like right like there's very often one where it's a street and at the end of the street is like eggman in his ship Mm -hmm. like ready to be taken down and i feel like a lot of times when things that are comic books or video games try to make that many like heavy handed and obvious like references to the games, it becomes like hokey, but I feel like this one, it doesn't like, it's, it's like the perfect amount of it. Like, you know, that the movie isn't taking itself too seriously. Sonic himself, I think might know he's a video game character. Uh, Cause he makes a joke about like, Oh, I guess I got a bonus life in the movie. It's so good. I've got to stop saying that. Like, <laughs> I should just tell why it's good. My English, if my English teacher from like high school was listening to this, like she would, she would die. She'd be like, stop telling me it's so good. Tell me why it's good. <laughs> I think it's just because it takes the video game format and it turns it into a movie without still feeling like a video game. Like you said, there are all of these different elements to different Sonic games. So it's not like they took one specific sonic game and went really heavy with the references to that like you said that final scene it's kind of like the pinball game and anyone who has played any pinball game knows exactly what that looks like and why that scene reflects that and they knew what they were doing with this character to make the movie fit the character not make the character fit the movie they wanted to make this movie was made with a lot of love for the franchise, like, I legitimately feel like, because like you said, like, there's so many references to, like, different games. It's not like, oh, here's all these throwback references to the first three Sonic games, you know, like, it's Sonic Pinball, it's Super Smash Brothers, right? Like, there's, 
in the scene where he's like actually running from Robotnik, he like does his pose from Smash Brothers. Um, and like Sonic's one of the first third party, like outside characters to be in like the Super Smash Brothers games. It's all these different like references. And I think that, I think that you're onto something, right? Like, I think that that's why it works mm-hmm. is that it's not just one game, right? Like they have like, just sh- just shy like of 30 years like 29 years worth of content to pull from to make reference to um and some of the references that we get to see are also not just from the game some of them are from like the comic books or the cartoon shows and it allows us to have all these like fun things that we like recognize but without it being overboard and just beating us over the head. Yeah, they're not bashing you <laughs> over the head with it. And I think that's why it works because we've seen so many different superhero movies that have done really well and really poorly. You know, you have ones that people just don't talk about anymore. And then you have what the MCU has been doing. And they've been building on so many different comics that even though the main thing was sort of like, the big Infinity Gauntlet storyline, they tweaked all of these other storylines along the way. You know, you had Captain America Civil War, which was very much based on the Civil War comic, but they twisted the storyline to fit how people liked the characters in the movie. You know, they weren't going to kill any of the major characters off in the middle of this run up to infinity war and endgame but you still get to see things like that are similar to civil war but like not exactly right like the struggle between like cap and iron man right is very clearly like directly from civil war but what they're arguing about is not it's not exactly the same thing but like the theme and like what it represents Uh is the is the same thing um you still get that connection between like Peter uh, and Tony. I don't know why I'm switching between like superhero names and real people. I don't know. (laughs) And then you actually see like actual like Peter Parker dying, like all these things, which I mean, I know that's not the same movie, right? Right. But like it's in that same thing because I think a lot of people when they saw that the movie was titled Civil War got really excited thinking that like, oh, maybe it's not Infinity Gala. Like maybe it is a Civil War thing, but also how would they possibly do that? They don't own the rights to enough of the characters, how many movies would that need to be? All of them. Yeah, like so many. But you get these little nuggets and it's it's nice. But it if you aren't familiar with them, you don't feel like you're missing something. Mm-hmm. But if you are familiar with them, you're like, I like that. Like, I, I know this thing. This thing is familiar to me. So good. It's like a little warm blanket. Like, we love it. Yeah, I think the nice thing about Sonic mostly coming from the video games, like you said, there have been shows and other things as well, but a lot of comic book fans want the movies to be exactly like the comics, which I think is kind of annoying, if we're being honest, because not everything in the comics is going to fit the movie format perfectly, because with comics, you can literally draw anything the artist can think of on the page. And yes, CGI has improved immensely even since, you know, that the MCU first started, but there's just something that you can't reasonably see on a big screen. You know, they do a good enough job of it with the MCU, in my opinion, when they have all of the characters together and, you know, you get this Mm -hmm. big, massive scene, but that happens so often in the actual comic books to where you're like, 
you know, I don't think we can have all of these people available all of the time on the same days to get these big, massive storylines to look exactly like the comics. But with Sonic, because it's a video game and it can go so many different ways, you could win, you could lose, you could redo levels and not do them the same way. I think they had a little more freedom with how people would react to the adaptation. Mm -hmm. I think people need to get over the whole that's not how it is in the comics thing. And like, I say that as somebody who like reads comics Mm -hmm. because I, I don't need to see something that's exactly the same because I know that plot. I know who lives, who dies. Yeah. Who tells your story. Sorry. I've watched Hamilton a lot during quarantine. Um, like I said that and I was just like, wait, that sounds familiar, but we, we know that also comic books can give you exposition in a way that like in film is sometimes hard to do or annoying because they just straight up or annoying (laughs) i don't want you to tell me something i want you to show it to me if you can't show it to me like in a reasonable time frame then like tell a different story yeah with sonic i think the main thing is that this was enjoyable i think you did like it more than i did which is totally fine (laughs) i liked it i I had a fun time with it. it but it's not like a five out of five star movie for me it's one of those things where it's fun. It's like a three out of five for me. And I think that's exactly where I personally needed a Sonic movie to be. Yeah. I want to say that on Letterboxd that what I gave it is a three and a half okay. out of five. Um, I know I'm like hyping it up. <laughs> like, like, oh, this is capital C cinema. We love it. Five stars. Woo. Do it again. And I do love it, but like I, it's also, it's, it's a children's film and it's mm-hmm. meant to be fun. And it's not, there are nice, there there's themes that run throughout it that I am really attached to, but it's not like prolific cinema or right. anything, you know, like if I were, I don't know why I would ever be teaching a film class, but if I was like, I would, this would not be on my syllabus. Maybe actually, maybe it would. <laughs> this is how you have fun with a movie. <laughs> yeah. This, this is fun. We like it. It's good to have fun. Yes. It's good to have fun. We like that. Things that are not fun <laughs> um, for Sonic. I I do want to make sure that like we talk about like the actual like end mm-hmm. um, of the movie because there's some fun things and some like Ooh, what's next type of things that happen. Yes. Um, we finally see once the battle with Robotnik has happened, which also I love that Sonic is kind of like passed out. And the thing that like perks him back up is him hearing that like, he has finally made a friend that like, there are people who like genuinely care about him. And he's like, what? Cause that's all he's been waiting for. Like yeah. his whole, basically his whole existence, or at least since he was like a very tiny child. So I loved that. Um, and then that final battle happens and then we see them send Robotnik to, uh, to the mushroom planet, which we know Sonic hates the mushrooms, doesn't want to have to go there. So that's kind of like perfect. I think that that's like the place he was thinking about. Like he was just like, Oh, there he goes. We get some more time with the olive garden bit. Uh, (laughs) once we get back to green Hills, which I just, in that thank you note, which I love, right? Because, like, you're thinking, like, this is a big deal. Like, they're, this is national recognition. Like, what, what, what kind of gift are they going to get? And it's like a $25 <laughs> Olive Garden gift card. And you're like, is that even enough for two people? Really? Truly? Not, not really. <laughs> I haven't been to Olive Garden in a long time, and it's not a place that I actually enjoy eating at. I don't think it's very 
good. I'm like, I can't remember the last time I went to one. It was probably for some like basketball thing in high school and we had absolutely no say in where we went to eat. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I don't get Olive Garden. I mean, I kind of do. If you live in like middle America, like I totally get it. I I'm from the East coast. Like to me, Olive Garden is super expensive for something that is not necessarily fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, most places on like the east coast you can pay like eight bucks for like a giant like plate of spaghetti and it's only that much because you're in a restaurant right yeah um and so when i see things at olive garden i'm like 20 bucks or i don't actually know how much it cost 15 dollars. who knows but their salad really good breadsticks really good and it's unlimited so i don't know go for the soup and salad combo thing because the soup's also unlimited all right i changed my mind i do like olive garden just not for any pasta items <laughs> i just don't like it for the pasta yeah like tomato tomato oh i usually say that phrase wrong on accident so i was really proud of myself <laughs> i usually end up saying like tomato potato i love that we finally see Sonic like in a home and like with this family, mm-hmm. right? Like they've not just said like, I know that what was said was like, Oh, like he's my friend, but they're taking him in and like base essentially choosing to raise him as a child, as their child. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go up into the attic and it's very reminiscent of the cave. It's yes. just a nicer version of his cave. Um, and it's like in the attic and it's like his bedroom and it's filled with all kinds of like stuff from the actual cave. But then with some new additions, like the race car bed, which in the cartoons and in the comics, Sonic has a race car bed in his bedroom. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I love that. And I also think I like threw my hands in the air. I did a lot of throwing my hands in the air in this movie. Just every time I got excited. <laughs> I hope no one was sitting behind you in the theater. No, there were we were social distancing <laughs> before we knew that it was necessary. Same. Like I was in my row and then there were some people like in the corner. And then I want to say that there's like one other family, like very similarly to you. Like I went during the daytime and I don't know what day of the week that was. So I don't, I don't know if I was like off of work or if it was a weekend. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. But <laughs> there were not a lot of people and we were very far apart. So I don't think I was like disrupting anybody. It's also one of the benefits of watching a children's movie when there are children Yes. In the theater, because they also make noises and react to things. And that might also be part of it is like I hear them do it. And then I just like feed off of that energy. And I was like, yes, everything is exciting. I Yeah. Uh, When I rewatched this movie at home, I was worried because sometimes I watch a movie in the theater and I'm like, this is the greatest. And then I get home and I watch it and I'm like, this is good. Uh, But I think that this like held up like I still. I still ride hard for this movie. Like I think it's so good, but again, like it's, it's, it's a children's film, like three and a half stars. Yeah, for sure. And then the end credits happen, which might, now that I'm thinking about it, I should maybe bump this up to four stars. Cause I love, <laughs> I love the end credits in this movie. Uh, they are very good. Anybody who's like a fan of, even if you're not a fan of like the Sonic franchise, but just like video games or like, like, classic games this is good for you right like we get to revisit a lot of levels um from sonic it's just very well like thought out and it's fun and usually i don't like to watch end credits of movies but this is fun and it made me actually want to look like and and watch them and and stick around 
Whereas with Marvel, we've gotten so used to like, you just stick around because you have to. This actually like gave you something to watch and engage with while you were waiting for the mid-credit scene, uh, which is super brief, but it features tales. Um, and so we know, we know now, right, that like there is gonna be another movie. Tails is going to show up in this movie, which I think is perfect, right? Because his first appearance is in the second game. So it's perfect that his appearance is being made in the second movie. Um, we know that Robotnik is very close to figuring a way, out a way to get off of the Mushroom Planet. And he's kind of like shaved his head, like grown his mustache out. He's looking very much more like the classic uh, Dr. Robotnik that we know. And I'm just really bummed out that this movie doesn't come out until 2022. Yeah. And hopefully it does not get pushed back like everything else under the sun right now. Uh, I really hope not. I have no idea how things are getting filmed right now. I'm trying not to think about it. Like, I don't know. Are they in a bubble? Is there a sonic bubble? And that's how they're filming? I don't know. But I will definitely go see another Sonic movie. That's for sure. Absolutely. I'm a little sad that this opens in April instead of also on Valentine's Day, because maybe then I could have like redeemed myself <laughs> with my Valentine's Day date. But who knows? I don't know. Anyway, April 8th, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie. Eat at Olive Garden. Buy your home on Zillow. I'm going to go get a Mountain Dew. No, not a Mountain Dew. A Mellow Yellow. Dang it. I can't even do product placements right. I'm fired. This is your podcast again. <laughs> I've won it back <laughs> at the very end. <laughs> Just in the nick of time. Uh, all right. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Sonic today. Absolutely. I, I think you might like this movie a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. I know it comes off really confusing about whether or not I like it, but I do. So if you listen to this and you're like, man, I don't know if that girl liked it. Just know that I did. <laughs> it was good. I'm excited to watch the next one. Oh, it was really good. I really wish that I could like not, I wish I could leave my house. So that like every time somebody tells me they haven't seen it, that I could just go over to their house and be like, let's watch it. <laughs> You're just going to permanently travel with your copy of Sonic with you. I, I own it digitally. Okay. So I can just log into my Voodoo account. Perfect. Oh, additional, additional product placement. I can log into my Voodoo account anywhere right on anybody's tv like watch the movie with them log out for safety and security measures because i always remember i always remember to do that uh of course <laughs> i feel like i'm logged in so many places on accident but i've just forgotten that i watched a movie there yeah, sounds about right. Well, you will definitely be back on the podcast for hopefully Woo! something before sonic 2 you know, oh, so we I don't wait that long. Even so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's what has to happen, it's what has to happen. But I would love to come back and talk to you about whatever the next thing is. Um, maybe you could watch, I don't know, Titanic. You could watch Parks and Rec. You could watch Paddington. <laughs> I'm going to have too. so much homework after this episode. <laughs> you do have a lot of homework. I and I feel really bad because you work very hard. <laughs> at all of your jobs and i'm just like hey why don't you do more yeah well i i will do more i promise so you'll be okay. back on and it'll be great i made it perfect
All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group, where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at GeekdomPod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.